broken if you're an old soul. Gosh, that was so sing-songy. Speedy, why can't I say this in like a normal welcoming tone? <laughs> oh, because we're thinking of being announcers instead of people. Welcome to If You're an Old Soul. My name is Danny. <laughs> are we are we auctioning <laughs> off our podcast to somebody? Can I get one? Can I get two? We <laughs> <You> two. <laughs> oh, I just peeked so hard. Speedy and I are both uh, trapped inside closets right now because there's a lawnmower outside my apartment. Whole big thing. <laughs> whole big thing i uh i wish i knew r kelly enough to make a joke about that i just know trapped in the closet i just so want to say like i'm it. really glad that you don't know r kelly well and i don't think you <laughs> should get to know him and it'd be really hard to right now because i think he's in jail maybe is he in jail is he in prison that's not our podcast it... no nope. we're old music <laughs> podcast <laughs> and which is why we are Sinking in Dark Side of the Moon with old movies, which is another part of our podcast, because we're doing what some call the Dark Side of Oz, but I like to say Dark Side of Dorothy. Yes. Have that alliteration. I've also mm-hmm. heard Dark Side of the Rainbow, which I think is very fitting with the album art, but Dark Side of Dorothy is more delightful. Uh, people, you can email us at if you're an old soul at gmail.com. Tell us what you prefer to call it. You can just call it complete bull. <laughs> if you want, because you think this is a completely made-up theory invented by stoners. But we'll get into that. Uh, as first, we always start with random old phrases of the day. Uh, I found some from the 1930s. Speedy, I have found uh, a bunch of yes. phrases that mean very good in 1930s slang, according to the internet. And anyone, anytime, can email us or message me on Instagram and let me know if they think that these are not real. But this is what the internet says, because Speedy and I were not alive at all during this time. <laughs> Shocker. We had to explain our backstory. <laughs> this we is... are... <laughs> Every episode's an origin story. <laughs> okay. Now, what are these phrases? It just started raining outside, because we had a hurricane yesterday. Can you hear the rain or no? I cannot. All right, good. Okay. First, all right, I'm just going to, I'm going to, here's what I'm going to do. Because I like when we do this, I'm going to say each one, and then you can react in, like, a weird one-syllable way, okay? Oh, excellent. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. Here we go. These are phrases from the 1930s that mean very good that we want to incorporate into the rest of the show. Aces. Aces? No, it doesn't. Well, that's your reaction, because I said one-syllable reaction, so Speedy's reaction to aces is aces. <laughs> All right. Hit me with your next shot. Snazzy. Ooh. Hot. Yeah. Knobby. <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite one, because I thought hot knobby. usually meant something was stolen, so, like, knobby, that's really funny. Like, ooh, that's knobby. Knobby. Like, knobby knees? K-N-O-B-B-Y? It doesn't have a K, but you know what? From now on, it does. Cool as a cucumber. Be there, be square. Um, the other ones are smooth, <laughs> sweet, swell, keen, and cool. I think we should incorporate keen and knobby, because those are the two weirdest ones there. And aces, since you yeah. apparently love that one. <laughs> keen and knobby. Interesting. I'm just picturing, you know, that... I don't know what to call it. It's almost that pretzel dance move you do with your knees, where mm, you're yes. switching your You'll, hands you on your knees. You have a hand on each one. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah, hand on each one. Knobby. Ooh, cool as knobby knees. Yeah, that was when they were at sock hops back in the day. They were doing the knobby knees. 
<laughs> um, and then, as always, we also salute the oldest living people in the world because it's important to our mission. Absolutely. And uh, right now, the oldest living person in the world lives in Japan. It is our good friend that we've never met, Kane Tanaka, who is 118 years old. Every week is an opportunity to try to get her name right. Her name is probably Tanaka. (laughs) 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 We we talked about this. (laughs) You have the opportunity. No, you're, you're out of opportunities. Oh, no. Oh, she, she's got to hang in there so I can have yeah. another shot at this. Yes, please. Please, Kane. please. Um, and if you were listening and you know for sure how to say her name, please tell us if you're an old soul at gmail.com. Yes, aren't you just glad I didn't say Kane? K-A-N-E. Kane. Citizen Kane, Kane about the oldest <laughs> living media mogul. Have you seen Citizen Kane? Not in a long time. I would like to rewatch it. I rewatched it because that new movie came out last year. Um, oh, about Orson Welles. Yeah, Mank. Yeah. About the guy who wrote it, Harold something Mankiewicz. Um, there's a gnat. Yeah. Can I kill it in a podcast? Am I allowed to kill a bug during a podcast? Yeah, it, it's good sound effects work. Oh, yeah. Can you give it a good slap? <laughs> <laughs> Can you figure out which sound is coming out of my mouth and which one's coming from my hand smacking the door? <laughs> I, I did not get it, so we will. That, that'll be our transition. Like, all right, next topic. <laughs> like Nickelodeon. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, that was a 90s reference in a oh. old soul podcast. My bad. That's a little too, too groovy for me. A little too hip. <laughs> so keep it crusty, please. Let's keep it fresh. We're going to get into our main topic. I hope some people here have heard of this before, and if not, even better, because we really want you to try it. Oh, yes. So, I don't. we don't really know how old this is. Its first history on the internet comes from this article by Charles Savage in the Fort Wayne Gazette in 1995, obviously the epicenter of Pink Floyd culture. Oh, of course. Also, I really hope his name is Savage so that we both look like fools. <laughs> Savage. I mean, yeah, he's a really pretentious Pink Floyd fan. <laughs> Savage. Savage. In the dark side of the Luna. <laughs> the, the dark oh side of the Roy G. Biv. Roy Jibiv, um, which is the colors in the spectrum in a rainbow. Anyway, uh, actually, I read his article, for, which came out in 95, and now there's just a footnote at the bottom of him saying that the New York Gazette ripped him off three years later. So, it clearly, or the New York Daily News ripped him off from the Fort Wayne Gazette. So, clearly, uh, oh. it, it steamrolled from there. <laughs> and the members of Pink Floyd have been adamantly saying that this is not true at all. Um, I'm going to read the quotes to you, Speedy. The uh, engineer on it, Alan Parsons, who's famous in his own right, said that... What did he say? The only thing I noticed was that the line balance in the biggest wave came up with Dorothy was kind of a tightrope walking along a fence. 
One of the things any audio professional will tell you is that the scope for the drift between the video and the record is enormous. It could be anything up to 20 seconds by the time the record's finished. And anyway, if you play any record with the sound turned down on the TV, you'd find things that work. So he says no. Uh, hmm. The drummer said it's absolute nonsense. It has nothing to do with the Wizard of Oz. It was all based on Sound of Music. <laughs> Which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And then, oh. Which, mm-hmm. if you take uh, the words of both of those men and put it together, it makes me feel like if we synced up Dark Side of the Moon with The Sound of Music, would we come up with some interesting correlations? Because the little quinky dinks just happen when you line up music with picture. Should we do that next? I think so. I mean, he's eh? saying... Oh, you know what? I was about to make a really bad joke, and it was actually the wrong album. I suck. You, you, I don't know what you were going to say, but you're right. You suck, Danny. <laughs> I was going to say, because he does the, the, you know, there's a part of the album which is a lunatic, is blah, blah, blah. And I was going to say Fool mm. on the Hill, because Julie Andrews is on a hill in Sound of Music. But Fool on the Hill <laughs> is from the Yellow Submarine. Or no, it's from Magical Mystery Tour by the Beatles. So, wrong British band. <laughs> Oh, I mean, you also combine a couple of different lyrics from Dark Side of the Moon, right? Because you obviously have the lunatic on the grass, and then, if there is no room upon the hill, there's a hill mentioned in there. Thank you. Just Yes, so I, am, I, am, I, am I less yeah. wrong? I'm still wrong, but not as wrong? Uh, you're equally wrong, but I we can explain it away. Okay, thank you. Just and that's what a good dignity. co-host does. Uh, also, I for, I'm sorry, everyone. I forgot to copy and paste it into my little notes. I want to, because the David Gilmore quote was funny from Pink Floyd. He had a funny thing. And oh, I forgot. I think I might have actually. Oh, did you? Could you? Would you be mine? Oh. Could you, would you? Yes. He, uh, <laughs> he said it was the product of some guy with too much time on his hands. Perfect. And that's a great segue into us being those people. Okay, so <laughs> we have broken it down into categories for everybody. Um, the first, we got to what the internet says about its history and how you saw that they say it's not true, but there are some very convincing moments. So, Speedy, for you, what were some of the most convincing moments when you watched these synced up where you were like, oh, okay? Hmm. I mean, I think pretty much anyone who's ever watched this can agree that the way the Great Gig in the Sky syncs up with the tornado scene, undeniable. I mean, incredible from, you know, the way that the music starts as the wind starts to blow all the way through. Then when she finally rests her head on her pillow in the bed, I just moved away from the mic because I was acting it out. Laser head back. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, And she starts to kind of drift into almost uh i don't know if you would call it a hallucination but it it all i mean it syncs up beautifully i don't know what you think danny i i totally agree like when i try to explain that there's a chance to people just to get their attention it's like great gig in the sky during a tornado when the house is in the sky in her dream and then money starts as the most expensive part of the movie starts like those like (laughs) That's an internet, that's a real theory I read on YouTube about how the money is syncing up to the most expensive part of the movie. Um, that's like a lot, of, a lot of the lyrics kind of sync up in a way, and it's like, gosh, that's so hard to prove, but the way Great Gig in the Sky called Great Gig in the Sky syncs up with it is just, it's hard to argue with. I agree with you. 
Yeah. Because there are other things that I found to be aha moments as I watched it. Oh, that word matched up with that movement that I was really enjoying. But I feel like the Great Gig in the Sky matchup is one of the few big things that could actually hold water. Um, I think um, the other biggest thing that um, I thought held water was toward the end of the album. You've got brain damage going while um, Scarecrow is singing about not having a brain. And then, of course, uh, then we meet the Tin Man and the album ends with the heartbeat and uh, Judy Garland is listening to his empty chest, which is pretty incredible. Um, How often do you hold water? <laughs> do you physically hold it in your hands or do you look a bucket when things hold water, proving their worth? Mm. I would have to say a bucket. Because um, when you try it with your hands, it just... That's true. It doesn't usually work. Yeah. No, these are all good points. I Yeah, the, the Tin Man one I noticed, I had read about it, but when I watched it, I was like, that's just eerie. And then... Yeah. Like, other, like, little lyrics where it's like, I know that this point we're splitting hairs, but it just feels too good to be true, is yeah. when he says black in Us and Them, and the witch... Yes. Wicked Witch the Witch and shows the witch up. <laughs> and then he says, witch is witch, and you're looking at both witches, and you're like... Yes. Oh boy! I don't have to be high to think that this is dope. <laughs> okay, there was another. Um, oh yes, when when Glinda exits was another fun one, because um, then they sing down and out, and then when they say out, it's like oop, Glinda's out. She's she's left in her little bubble. And and then um. when JFK gets assassinated. <laughs> there's this magic bullet theory it, we do do we sound like those people that are like okay but if you t- <laughs> there's like, there's this part where they say no one told you when to run and then she's running away she runs like, whoa you're like she's running whoa <laughs> also trying to say like i guess because this is 1939 like you kind of forget what was totally realistic back then you because you weren't alive mm-hmm. you just think everything beforehand must have been um not as good as it is now but the the dog playing toto is amazing in this movie that's my biggest takeaway when watching yeah that's true amazing actor i mean thespian (laughs) a thespian truly true theater he he jumps out of the basket on the bike he leaps through the window to get back to Dorothy right afterwards. Like it's basically an action sequence for this little Yorkshire ter- terrier. <laughs> That's true. I did not watch the credits to see uh, who the animal wrangler was, but um, underappreciated brilliance, perhaps. That leads perfectly into the next category I wanted to get to, which is things from old movies that stood out to you now in hindsight. Uh People just had a lot more time back then. Movies felt like an actual going to a live show. That's the kind of weight they cared of people. To the point where they felt confident that they could have all the credits in front. And you just have to watch the credits for five minutes before the movie starts. Like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, I obviously wanted to know that... Oh, wait, I wrote this down. Hold on, this is important. Everybody... (laughs) Wait for me. Oh, I can't. Done. 
Thank you. Thank you, Speedy, for stalling the viewer. Um, <laughs> Everyone the, was very entertained by my fanfare. Yes. I thought so. Oh, I didn't... I wrote down the name of the Technicolor associate director's name, but... <laughs> turns out I didn't. I just wrote down, why do I need to know the Technicolor associate director? So yes, one of my favorite things from old movies is that all the credits have to go in front... Well, nowadays you have to start right to it because people are watching movies on their phone on the toilet. Yes. I am grateful for the credits at the beginning for the sync up, though, because um, I think right out the gate I had a laugh because um, when that first big hit of the song uh, Breathe hits, it syncs up perfectly with producer Mervyn Leroy at the yes. top. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, Mervyn! <laughs> <laughs> you, okay it's funny you and me both i literally went to write down his name and i was like that's a great thing and then it kept going because i was so entranced but you actually thought yes bourbon the royal i was like I this guy's name arrived with fever like yes this is the man of the so, hour yeah i think if there's any credence to this theory if it's it's actually true that they were trying to uh make their album sync up with this movie that was such an intentional moment. What is their connection to Mervyn? I don't know. I did a, a cursory Google search, and I did not see a connection. But if, uh, mm. if anyone can come up with one, I feel that's the key. <laughs> I feel that's well, the key. Just just throwing this out there, the uh, the drummer's name is Nick Mason. Sounds also awfully like Mervyn. <gasps> did he kill JFK? Dun, dun, dun. Ooh. Someone think about it. Danny, I think we're on to something. Um, next category. We want to move quickly. Um, yes. Okay. Ooh. What is something that made you laugh while watching this ridiculous thing that we decided to do? Oh, well, absolutely Mervin. He's my number <laughs> one laugh of the whole thing. Um, His name... Was that originally your plan for this category? Was to say that, and that we ruined it. I, I jumped the gun. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> okay, perfect. My favorite thing um, was that I read all this stuff about on the internet of people saying like, "Oh, this is like a a a high person's fantasy. Like someone happened to be watching both, and they thought of this because they were like totally stoned." Listen, I'm not saying I've ever been high before, but to my understanding. <laughs> There's just no way that high people watch The Wizard of Oz. It is the trippiest, scariest movie possible. There are little people running around everywhere and a wicked witch. No high person would want to watch Wizard of Oz. No. I truly, I forgot the terror. I think I had been repressing memories from my childhood of watching this film. Even, not e before you even get to Oz... The image of Miss Gulch, the real-life version version right, right. of the Wicked Witch, her riding that bike, oh, scariest thing I've ever seen. I, I, I actually, like, I was watching my steady gal, the teen being tambourine named Tina, and we were both recounting while watching this, because there's not, there's not a lot of lyrics in Dark Side of the Moon, so you're kind of sitting there for a while waiting. And um, during that interlude, we were remembering that we were both terrified of this movie growing up. And I think... Because of, like, the general... I have two theories as to why this movie is terrifying for kids nowadays. One, 
because our society is a little more transparent now, the general hokiness that was still acceptable in movies in the 30s and 40s and 50s now feels eerie. Like it's too yes. jovial. Like we're not used to that anymore. Yeah, and it's almost uncanny the way that it looks. I don't know if you feel that way. Where uh, even, I don't know, even for normal scenes when you're not getting into the crazy stuff just the artificial reality that was created on those studio sets there's something about it that feels like you're watching something real but you're not and uh i don't know the whole thing freaks me out yeah it, of that it feels visual style. it feels so synthetic you're like this is terrifyingly manufactured like, they want you to think it's real, but it's not, and you feel like you're trapped in, like, a Saw movie on Mushrooms. Yeah. Which is why I don't think high people were watching Wizard of Oz. It would be terrifying. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> my my second theory about why this movie um, might have been scary, like, isn't a scare. oh, sorry, it's scarier now than it was, because all the things in the movie that are scary don't compare to America at the time. Because this came out in 1939 during both the Great Depression and World War II. So it's like, yeah, tornado, whatever. That's nothing. <laughs> hmm. Well, that's, a, that's an interesting theory. I think for me, just a uh, side note, that, that desolate setting tornado comes sweeping in, that was my childhood worst nightmare because I grew up in the Midwest, in Illinois. And I can think of many times running down to my basement and staring out, looking to see if I could see a funnel cloud coming down. So this is not at all what you said, but it made me just, it flashed me back to terrified times in, in my basement. Ha have you witnessed a tornado? I've seen some funnel clouds, but I've never seen a tornado touch down. No. And that, I mean, that always seemed like, the scariest possible thing. I mean, we've both we went to the yeah. University of Miami together. We've both been through hurricanes. Um, but hurricanes don't have the same visual doom dropping from the sky towards you, you know? Yeah. It was like a tornado was like all at once and it's imminent. Right. Yeah, because in Miami, you know, for anyone that has not lived in Miami, it downpours constantly. You know, it'll be perfectly fine and then all of a sudden, so giant thunderstorms are a thing that you're used to, and hurricane is giant, giant thunderstorm. It doesn't seem that different from what you're used to normally seeing. But when a tornado touches down, it's a singular thing. There's your enemy. Ah, scary thing descending from the clouds. And now take that image, and then I'm going to back away from the microphone to factor in uh, this portion of the fear. It sounds like this. <laughs> like that gives me chills. I've I've watched this many times. Like it gives me chills because it's just so beautiful to take a harrowing scene and then just have that screaming it's and then call it great gig in the sky and there are no lyrics yeah. really to that song so you feel like if they felt that this should somehow be called 
something that has to do with the sky and this scene where the house is in the sky, it's the only relevant point. Right. And, you know, and even the the words that bring you into this song about, oh, why should I be frightened of dying? It just perfectly matches with their panic as they scramble to run inside. They're, you know, trying not to be afraid of death, but they're clearly afraid. Oh, oh. Danny, uh, I only might have shed a tear. Did you? Good for you. I mean, I, listen, I you sure grew did. up with near tornadoes, so... <laughs> By the way, funnel cloud does not sound as scary as tornado. When you're funnel cloud, you're like, ooh, funnel cake. Ooh, ride <laughs> cloud. Mm. Mm. Um, that was an inside joke. Okay, let's get to our favorite YouTube comments, because Speedy and I, we talk a lot, so we're trying to challenge ourselves to keep these uh, inaugural, if you're an old soul, short, to keep people yes. not bored with us as we obsess over things from before our time. Yes, and I'm I'm already kicking myself because there were many more things on my eight pages of notes. <laughs> for Same. Moments that I loved that, that synced up. Here we go. Hmm. I'll do the bonanza theme, and you read them off really fast. Okay. 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 I'll give you, I'll give you my major major highlights. Okay. Me too. Here we go. But you go first. The lyrics that mean the most to me from the album Dark Side of the Moon happen to sync up perfectly. All you touch and all you see is all your life will ever be. Whoa, Dorothy touches the man's arm when he says the word touch. And then she looks out into the middle distance as if she's having a realization as she realizes that all you touch and all you see is all your life will ever be. That's the way that I feel when I listen to the song. Whoa! I'm going to read my follow-up to what you just said on my notes. People wore a lot more buttons back then. All right, go. <laughs> that was my note that I wrote down. I'm holding it up. That's a real note. All right, you go next. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to d- diving back into a- emotional nonsense. Very end of the movie, you're seeing the Tin Man slowly go from completely stiff and start to regain mobility. That's when we have that uh, beautiful... Uh, mounting part in the finale. All that you touch and all that you see. Da 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 da. And it perfectly goes from when I listen to that song and I hear those lyrics, it feels like me realizing that I need to live my life. And I go from, uh, you know, maybe being depressed or something and catatonic into realizing that I need to get up and live. And to see the Tin Man slowly waking up when those lyrics are being sung, oh. Kills me, Danny. Kills me. Okay, you go. Toto knew paw. Very impressive. (laughs) (laughs) Speedy has her hands over her mouth because she was about to scream. She. They don't complete it. Dorothy lifts her paw, her hand towards Toto, and he goes for it, thinking it's paw because he's so well trained. And then she takes it back, and they don't complete it. I was like, damn it, honor this thespian. He's so talented. Okay, next one. So, I didn't, I I went and I wanted to see how well the whole album loops with the movie, which, newsflash, it doesn't complete its final loop of the album. It cuts off, you hear the song time, and it cuts off. So that was a little disappointing. But, but, the lyrics in time perfectly sync up with when she finally returns home. You see, after she says there's no place like home, clicks her heels, blah, 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 you see the house spin in the sky for another second taking her home and you hear the singer on great gig in the sky claire tory go like 
for us just a second when you see that visual and it's like recalling the great gig in the sky masterpiece that was earlier in the film then when she lands and she's actually back in her bed you get the lyrics um uh, home home again and uh the song is over thought i'd something more to say and it uh, it's just perfect okay danny go if i was high and i saw a talking tree throwing apples at a talking scarecrow i would have never finished this little theory i had that dark side of the moon syncs up with Wizard of Oz. That would have been it. It would have been end of project. There's no way I can sustain any more trippiness when there are trees throwing apples at scarecrows on a yellow brick road with munchkins all around. <laughs> Speedy, I'm sorry. She is like holding her mouth with her hand to not interrupt me as if I would be upset if there was over uproarious laughter while I was reading my notes. Danny, you have to keep the loonies on the path. You have to keep the loonies on the path. It, there's and, just and no Dorothy way. And Dorothy brought the lunatic off the grass and onto the path for his little crazy man dance. Oh, okay. I know. No, that's a thing. Like, okay. okay, actually, I want to, because I'm going to get to the favorite YouTube comments. Um those were all great, yes. Speedy, and I was paying attention to all of them, and they were all very beautiful and real. Uh, <laughs> I just also had my notes. Um, <laughs> I texted the guy who is in the band that is our theme song from the band Jungle Fiction. His name's Justin Busquet. He's a DJ as well for hire. And I texted him. He's a huge Pink Floyd fan. And I was like, what do you think about this theory? Because he knows a lot about Pink Floyd. Hmm. And he texted me back, and he was like, <laughs> It's really funny when, and I'm sure there's a lot of like Pink Floyd fans at home who live through this and will also be a little condescending. I love Justin. We're, we're like best buds. But he was like, oh, the good old dark side of the rainbow. <laughs> like, <laughs> welcome to this chapter in the book of Pink Floyd. You finally caught up. Um, but he said Floyd's denied it, but look into the echoes in 2001 Space Odyssey sing. Floyd has more or less admitted to syncing that one, which is on the album before Dark Side of the Moon. Also, the song Adam Hartmother syncs to Clockwork Orange, and the album Wish You Were Here syncs to the first Matrix, so those were done intentionally by the filmmakers. So he's saying that Pink Floyd might have admitted that their album before Dark Side of the Moon synced with 2001 Space Odyssey, which is the album before that, therefore would invite the consistency to suggest that they might have intentionally synced this on Dark Side of the Moon. Wow. That, that is the first fun. time I've ever heard that. That's... Yeah, well, oh. clearly he knows more because he knows about the good old dark side of the moon. The rainbow. <laughs> Excuse me. So that we'll have to do that next. Um, let's read some of my favorite YouTube comments. Do you have some of your favorites too, Speedy? I just have some I found. Oh, I, uh, I, I, I have to admit, I read yours. And I cackled at them. Perfect. Nope. I, I love being a center of attention. I have no qualms with that. <laughs> um, this one's from someone. Okay. <laughs> you know what? This is actually, we were come full circle. This is where I hid 
the David Gilmore quote because there was a comment of somebody copy and pasting the David Gilmore quote saying that this is the product of a guy with too much time on his hands. And that came from a guy named Hard Boiled Egg <laughs> on YouTube. Um, or a girl. Or it's a spectrum. Okay, this is from North Palm. Notice how the movie goes from uncolored to colored, kind of like a certain album cover. Oh. That's good. That's that is good. good. That's really I hadn't good. considered that. Yes, the album cover, everybody um, is showing a spectrum of light. White light goes into a prism, comes out Roy G. Biv. But, dark side of the... Oh, sorry. Wizard of Oz. That's the movie? Yes. Yeah. Also goes from black and white to color. That's good. It sure does. That is very good. Ooh. Who, who can we thank for that brilliant insight? North Palm. I wish it was hard-boiled egg, but it's somebody named North Palm. Uh, okay. <laughs> I like that you treated it as their given name. Is that a someone named North Palm? <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Class, is North Palm Smith here? <laughs> and hard-boiled Johnson? <laughs> oh. This one's from Lendog3000. Lendog3000! Dude! What's up? Name's Lendog3000, um, O'Brien. <laughs> this was the best thing as a kid. Only the cool kids knew about it. Timing it out was a pain. Once you figured it out, it was awesome. Period. Before internet. Period. Hmm. Now, I would have preferred if he said the snazzy kids. Or the <laughs> oh, keen true. Kids. Yeah, if he had said the knobby kids. <laughs> oh, those knobby kids before the internet. With their cool knobby knees, because that's the only <laughs> dance move we do at our Sadie Hawkins dances is the knobby knees. <laughs> now, interesting. Timing it out was difficult, but isn't the rule that you're supposed to line it up when the MGM line roars? Yes. Because if the we last don't all roar. agree on how we're syncing this, all of this is a lie. No, that's why it's really hard. But I think um, he's saying, and judging by how many hard periods he used. He's older than us and probably was alive in the 70s. And I think <laughs> he is more referring to the mechanics of, A, having a VHS or Betamax player and a record player. Because right. people... Because I was shocked at the earliest article about this from the 90s, but then I thought about it. And I was like, well, we didn't really have access to VHS until, like, the 80s. You would have had to have this movie. Or it just happened to be on cable right. that day, and you're like, oh, get the record player. It's on cable. Gotta like, <laughs> drop the needle at the third roar. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is not a technology that I understand. But apparently, at one point, um, this theory had gotten some steam, and Turner Classic Movies actually aired The Wizard of Oz with the option to somehow play Dark Side of the Moon with it while you were watching it? I don't know how. I don't claim to know how. But they did. Can you imagine Robert Osborne introing that in his really classy, <laughs> smooth, suave way? Be like, we're going to take a little trip back to 1939 and 1973. 
<gasps> for uh, the Wizard of Oz, or should I say, the Dark Side of Oz. That's perfect. Yes, mm. yes. It always feels like he pauses for when he would have taken a smoke from a cigarette. He just can't anymore because <laughs> he's on television. But like, he definitely did use one as a prop for all those pregnant pauses that he takes. <laughs> it is Robert Osborne, right? I got that right? Yeah. That is, that is correct. I always confuse him with Robert Wagner, and they are not the same person. But they do sound they... like <gasps> Danny. I didn't. Our I listeners right. gave a collective gasp. I got it right. <laughs> Gasp away. If you're an old soul at Gmail, come yell at me. And then last email, I think this is a good, or last YouTube comment, this is a good one to send us off into stopping ourselves from talking too much. This is from Jimmy James, which I would assume is actually his real name. <laughs> 3000. This is as close to God as many of you will get in this lifetime. Boom. Wow. He's right. Who needs religion? All that you touch. And all that you see. Speedy knows the lyrics better than me. It's okay. We can do what we normally do. Wait, is that the same? Is that the same song? Yeah. Oh, okay. or did not sound like it. You know, there's nothing better than the... Oh, wait, can I... Okay, one final thing and then we'll stop. <laughs> That's how we should start... Uh, excuse me. That's how we should end every podcast. Okay, one more thing and then we're done. <laughs> that is it. Stop. I'm cutting us off because we're having fun and that's illegal. Because <laughs> one of the things that I read, I think it was the Alan Parsons quote, other parts of it, where it was like, or no, no, it was a film critic who said this, that it was like, the album's 40 minutes, and the movie's an hour and 40 minutes, so it's impossible that this was intentional, because they would have made it the same length. But did you feel like there were like little things that they left in there to reach it later? Because there's like a part where they go back to, I think, Breathe, where he says, like, on your knees, and Tin Man falls on his knees, there's a part where... They say gun, and he's holding a gun. There's a part with a knife, and she's holding a knife. And it's like it almost seemed like they like planted little Easter eggs for later. But I don't like now. It's like Danny the Hears will talk. <laughs> right. It seems highly unlikely. Right, because yeah, album is the wrong length. And then when you do restart the album, play it with the with the movie again, it doesn't complete a full run of the final loop of the song you hear time and then it stops so that feels like it doesn't make any sense but right there are so many things that sync up i don't know i don't know and um, they wanted it to end on time because it's out of time oh and oh, 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 oh and danny if you recall the title card that's at the very top of the film um oh i wrote it down in my notes i sure wrote it down is Paul dead? <laughs> oh my God! Um, yeah, it says for nearly forty years the story has given faithful service to the young in heart, and time with a capital T has been powerless to put its kindly philosophy out of fashion. To those of you have, who have been faithful to it in return, and to the young in heart, we dedicate this picture. Um, 
don't know. It seems like uh, time is what it's all about. Should we bring pigtails back? It's another note I wrote down during the movie. <laughs> so that was one more. I wanted to make sure I read. Um, I think, I think no. I'm not a fan of pigtails, Danny. Pretty, that's a really, I love just like how the album ends in the same sounds and starts in the same sounds at the end that you went back to the start of the movie to end the podcast, ended on that. First slate to show the true synchronicity of these two pieces of art. Way to go, Speedy. Wow, thank you. The fact that you were able to justify what I just did, it made me shed a tear. Thank you. One more thing and then we'll go. Um, (laughs) I watched this during Hurricane Elsa as I was landing on Tampa, and I was realizing during this they didn't have meteorologists during this, and that would have really helped Dorothy. But nope, they had a guy with a crystal ball instead. (laughs) <laughs> okay, now we'll stop. Um, Speedy, can you shout out okay. our oldest living person one more time? Oh, yes, our oldest living person. Oh, God. Her name is Kane Tanaka. Yes? Hopefully, but neither one of us really know. Uh, everybody, if you're an old soul at <laughs> gmail.com, thank you for listening to us. Thank you so much. And Danny, I hope you got that net. Nope, but I scared my cat. (laughs) 